Hey, you know, thanks so much, Derek, for taking the time to talk to me. And and whatever I find, you know, this this podcast is for entrepreneurs in aesthetic medicine. But whenever I find someone with, uh, you know, with amazing success or a crazy story, uh, I like to interview them because let's face it, it's, uh, you know, any, any problem you've had in, in one business, it's always been solved in another business before, right? So none of this is, yeah. So, you know, I, I looked over, you know, so, you know, briefly your story, it, it, even even just the last, you know, five, six years that I know of is, you know, you you, you started a new entity and, uh, you know, ended up selling, selling the company for a lot of money. Um, and now you're onto something else. So tell, I mean, maybe you just kind of, you know, your, your, I don't know your real story. Like where you, you know, where'd you grow up and where'd you go to school and, you know, what was on your mind, you know, pre 2016? Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on Ed. You know, I've gotten to know you over the last couple of years here and it's been a pleasure. So to answer your question, I am born and raised in Schenectady, New York. That's where I grew up. And I attended CBA. That's where I went to high school. I didn't know that. that. That's awesome. Yeah. And I know I know that your son goes to CBA yeah. right now. Big, so. big fan. Big fan. Oh, yeah. It's a great school. I had a, had a great time there. And so after that, I went to Oneana State. And from Oneana State... I realized I was kind of an entrepreneur from the beginning. You know, I was the guy in college that was flipping things on eBay just to make money, you know, while I was at school for extracurricular activities. So I've always had that kind of entrepreneurial spirit in me. And then, you know, directly out of college, I went right into commercial banking. So I was doing some banking, learning about, you know, the banking sector. We were doing financing for, you know, things like strip malls and stuff of that nature. I left banking because 2008 hit, 2007, 2008, and there was a big squeeze in the market, as everybody knows. I jumped into the software sector over at Pitney Bowes, and I was working there selling you know, advanced software to different companies, medium-sized businesses, roughly. So did you and know realized, Hickey back then? Did you know? You know what I'm talking about, right? He's over at Siena. He was this. Um, anyway. No, you don't know. Who, who's who's that? I'm sorry, Michael uh, Hickey. Uh, uh, he was he's at Siena. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was he was one of the main guys. Yeah, I mean, I think he was. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he did. He yeah, did very I, well there. I was and, young. I was in my early twenties at the yeah. time. Yeah, I was young. I was young. So, um, you know, I did a little stint there, and I think I realized being in a corporate world because that was a very corporate company. I knew that I didn't want to work for directly for somebody. I, I knew that I wanted to go out and create and I just didn't know what that was yet and so I all of these things were a culmination of kind of what built me up to who I am today because if you think about it at each of these companies I took something we take something from everywhere we work right you know the next job after that I was the head of sales for a, a lumber company and people would say how do you go from software and banking to lumber well if you read between the lines what I learned there was I learned logistics ed which leads me to where I am today. I was running the logistics for the company. I grew all the lines 3X when I was there. And, you know, we were doing millions of dollars a year in GMV. And after that, I I had thought to myself, what what exactly did I take from that company? And, And it's funny, I learned all of the inner workings of logistics, right? How does freight move? How do you bring product into the U.S.? How do you move the product around the U.S.? I learned all of this there. I almost got an MBA in it, if you will. And so after that, you know, I kind of saw where the world was going in regards to product and goods. 
and the writing was on the wall. Amazon was becoming a dominant player. eBay was already a dominant player. Brick and mortar sales were declining 16 to 17% year over year. It, it was very evident that things were really moving online in a very quick manner. And so I ended up going to work for a tech startup named Sheridan. They were an e-commerce software out of Manhattan. I cold emailed the CEO. I actually went onto their website and pretended that I was a client and said, can I speak to the CEO? I knew that that was the only pitch I'd have to get in. Yeah. And it worked. And long story short, he was like, that's a really creative way to contact me. And I went down there and we ended up building a massive company. We sure done. They're actually exiting right now, believe it or not. They're being acquired right now. And so my time frame there, we did so many cool projects. We were a multi-channel e-commerce software I started flying back and forth to Alibaba in Hangzhou. We were building our software on the back end of Alibaba. We did a huge partnership with Etsy. We were almost acquired by Etsy, actually. And so it was just a really interesting field that I was in, and I learned everything about e-commerce. That's why, you know, you know me yet as the Amazon guy, right? Right, like, right. This is, where, this is where I got to learn all of these things. Like, you went to medical school, right? You had to go there. You had to learn how to do what you do today. I so, didn't just know this, you know, out of nowhere. So how did you exit that company? Because you jumped out. You did your own thing in 2016, right? I did. So fast forward to 2016, I was at SureDone, and I had a little bit of equity in the company. I wasn't an owner. I had an opportunity that I saw clear as day to go out on my own and start what would have been Magic Digital Media. What is Magic Digital Media? Okay. Magic Digital Media was basically a Amazon advertising company. So I would take a brand, let's say that Ed owns brand XYZ, but he has no clue how to navigate the Amazon marketplace. I would come in, I would take a retainer from you, and then I would actually physically grow your brand presence online. You know, And so we started doing that, and it was incredibly successful. I took clients from nothing to $20 million a year online in year one. So we were very good at it, right? And yeah. we started to do this. We started to amass customers. The money was phenomenal. And the funny thing was, this started kind of as a side gig. My wife had had our first child at the time. And my only goal, Ed, was to replace her income. You know, she, my wife was a nurse. I thought to myself, all right, how do I replace $80,000 a year? That's all I need to do. Yeah. You know, I, was making, I was making 200K a year at the software company. All right, great. How do I replace 80 grand? That's how, that's how my digital media was founded. Yeah. And so, fascinating. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so then you went to, to uh, change to doing some private label, right? It, so, yeah, exactly. So what ended up happening was my business partner as of today, his name is Vincent Lau. He's a former RPI grad. Vincent flew over here from Hong Kong because he saw where the market was going. He's a huge manufacturer and, you know, he's serviced box stores and large brands for over 25 years. Vincent came on as a customer and I really saw the ability with e-commerce. And so after about a year and a half of working with Vincent, I had a multitude of other clients. And, you know, we were, we were doing very well. The company was doing very good. I said to Vincent, I have some ideas on some brands that I'd like to create. What are your thoughts on partnering? And he looked at me and he goes, I've been waiting for you to ask. Let's go. And we did $35 million our first year. We started the company, which is made for our brand. That's awesome. And that company has done well over nine figures in sales prior to being acquired, um, which was February of last year. And we're actually on the tail end. Um, we're looking at our, our 
fourth brand acquisition, which will close tomorrow. Actually, we're we're getting doc signed for that. So it's been a wild ride over uh, over the past five years in the e-commerce sector. So getting back to that, <laughs> you know, when you would manage, so you have got somebody's got a brand, okay, and they want to try to get it out there. You just you take a, a, re, a retainer, a percentage, and and then you just you blow them out on Amazon. Is that what you I mean? How, yeah, that was that was formerly. We don't we don't do that business model anymore. But when we when we started Magic Digital Media, that's what the company was. So the company was essentially we were your extended arm. You know, you know how you'll outsource stuff ad for your business, whatever yeah. it may be. I yeah, don't yeah. Know, you know, I don't know what you outsource, but a lot of brands had no idea how to navigate Amazon, and Amazon is this massive behemoth, right? And so uh, a, they don't a, know how to create yeah. a product list. It's they, daunting. They don't know how to advertise. It's very daunting. Yeah, they don't know how to, you know, do graphic design, how to write proper content that's compelling to the end user. You know, there's so much to Amazon. It really is. It's a beast in its own. And to be good on there, it takes a bright mind to go in and be able to navigate the system because you have to remember you're up against major brands on there with millions of dollars in monthly advertising spend. And, and you might not know this or not. This is an interesting stat. Ed. Amazon, Amazon's fastest growing segment right now is advertising, believe it or not. It used to be AWS, which was, you know, how everybody uses um, Amazon AWS. But right now, the fastest growing segment at Amazon is their actual advertising sector, which is kind of mind-boggling when you think about it. It used to be Amazon Web Services, right? That makes sense. Amazon Web Services powers half of the internet. It's now advertising. You know, I told you, I shared with you, at the peak of our company you know, sales, we were spending a million dollars a month on advertising a month. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so like, for example, when you get on, you search something on Amazon, obviously their, their, their sponsored products come up to the top. Is that, are those people paying? It's like pay-per-click campaign on whatever hard floors. I mean, do, do they, can people influence that? Is that by, yes. by, so kind of like a pay to play kind of thing. So you can influence your brand position. It's a pay to play for sure, but if you don't know how to play, yeah. you're just going to continue to pay with no actual results. So sure. let me give you an example here. Let's say you launch a new product and that product has no reviews, no seller feedback, but you're spending $20,000 a week trying to quote unquote rank your product, push it to the top. Well, customers online, it's all psychological. Online selling is all psychology. So let me ask you this. When you first go to a product, what's the first thing you do when you get to a product? First thing you do, what do you do? You look at the reviews, right? Absolutely, yeah. right? So now if I know I launch a new product and I'm trying to sell Dr. Ed, right? Yeah. How am I going to do that with no reviews? How am I going to do that with no seller feedback? So you have to you have to slowly build a product before you press on the gas to just start throwing sponsored ad money on it. Yeah. You have to actually build a product up. And you know it's another strategy because as you're building your product up, you need to make sure that the audience accepts your product. So there's a whole system, and it, it's very, and it change, it's ever changing. Amazon is always changing their algorithm, so it's an ever changing system. Yeah, yeah, and I can tell you, you know, years ago, you know, we six seven years ago, we really didn't go after you know reviews and patients and whatever. But that's uh, people come in all the time, say, oh, well, I, I say, how'd you end up here? And they're they're like, well, and I did this and this and whatever, and you, you know, your name was come up, came up two or three times, and then you got these amazing reviews. Without the reviews, you've got nothing. And we used to hear that back then. But, uh, you know, I mean, we didn't have the smarts that you have. I mean, 
but that's it's it is psychological, right? It's a psychological purchase. So so people getting on first thing you're going to do. Well, I mean, you always zoom in on the product a little bit, right? Does that look like the you know is this good quality or not? But the next thing you do is you go right to the reviews immediately. And you know, I want to actually give you guys a really good compliment for a minute. So I obviously follow you on Instagram and I see your TikToks. They're really good at like oh, you guys you. are really kicking ass there. Well, thank you. I you know it's daunting for but. It's been it's been a process for us. I have to go back seven, eight years ago. Our website was terrible. I did none of this. I mean, we were busy despite all that. But now what we're doing is trying to build a destination practice. And, you know, half to three quarters of my patients are coming from two, three, four hours away getting on a plane. And and there's a they're, you know, uh, they're paying a differential for that. And 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 that was really just nothing more than just uh, strategically. But it's it's you said something about building a brand. It doesn't happen overnight. It's a process, and we've no, been it's a process. we have been uh, frustrated. Uh, it, it's daunting, the whole nine yards. But um, now that we have a plan, we're just trying to follow it because you always, you know, the, I don't want to say the fear of missing out, but you know, you see people out there, right? The you know, insta famous people, right? And you're like, sure. You know, how do I, how did they do that? And it didn't happen overnight. I talked to one of my buddies that I interviewed in a podcast who's built a destination practice for these deep neck lift things on young people. And I talked to him and he, and he said, he goes, Ed, I spend two to three hours a day on this himself, you know, as as a very busy surgeon. So, um, yeah, you can't, and it blows my mind. Um, did you ever, there's a book called the customer of the future. Um, and, and I forget, it's a woman. And I read it. It was pre-COVID, you know, but but it's basically, you know, she she highlights the creating the frictionless customer experience. But she basically said, no matter what industry you're in, I don't care what industry you're in, your competitors aren't who you think they are. They're not the guys down the street. Your competitors are Amazon because people are comparing that experience to Amazon dealing with you. So. So watch this. Here's two really cool examples to yeah. the point that you're just making here. And they, they tie into. But it just highlights how important technology is and how it can totally blow. And I just see what you've done with technology anyway, without 150 That's, employees, which blows my mind. Yeah, I have two U.S. based employees. So let me, let me tell you this little story here. This is interesting. And so your your practice, right? I watch your content now. And here's what's really neat. So you, you said you have clients coming from three, four, five, six hours away, right? Yeah. When you make one TikTok video or one Instagram reel, right? You don't know which one could go viral, right. which one could get, you know, 296,000 hits. Now, the videos that you make are amazing. And here's why. You're showing a customer a before and after experience. That's what, that's, that in itself is its own review. Now, let me go a step further. You've seen my Instagram, right? I've been able to yeah. amass half a million followers. Which blows my mind. I was, that's We're going to get to that at some point because that right. blows my mind. And so, and so now watch this. So I have branded myself on Instagram as, you know, an Amazon guru, quote unquote, right? Like that's how I saw it in there. And I was like, let me take that in. You know, I, I have the knowledge. I can hold my own against anybody when it comes to the topic of Amazon. So fast forward to about, you know, one year of, of putting content out. I post something on a post that Damon John from Shark Tank made. So Damon John is uh, the gentleman on yep. Shark Tank. You guys watch that show? Yep. 
Damon responds to it because I'm verified on there. So I have the blue tick next to my name. So whenever I post, it does It's kind of nice. It gets pinned to the top. He responds to me and sends me a DM and he goes, how is it you're doing more in a month than all of the companies I invested in Shark Tank do annually? And I flat out said, because you guys have no idea what you're doing. I looked at their listings. So long story short, his head of sales at the Shark Group, Maury contacts me, nice guy. He says, listen, would you mind doing some consulting for some of the brands that we bought, that we've, uh, you know, invested? I said, of course. I knew, hey, this strengthens a relationship. Right. One of the sharks from Shark. I'm a relationship guy, right? And so mm. I'm not, I'm not even thinking about money. I don't care mm. about money in this event. So I go down to his office in the city. I meet with them, meet with the head of sales there. I do some simple consulting for a few of their companies. And, you know, they, they end up selling a little bit better on Amazon, just a short relationship. And they ask me, they go, what do you want? Like in terms of money. And I said, nothing. And they kind of look at me perplexed. I said, when the time is right, introduce me to somebody in the gaming or social media sector. About a week later, I get a call and they say, hey, you got to meet this guy, Raz. He's super interesting. I feel like he's just right up your park. I'll just make an introduction. They make an introduction. Raz has started this gaming company called Game Lancer. I fly to Panama, not Panama City, Florida, Panama to yeah. meet with him and we sit down and we go over it but this is the power of the internet uh, let me finish this story i'll be very brief here so we sit down we look at it he's seeking an eight hundred thousand dollars seed round investment now, i remember when you were you were yes. contemplating this now here's the best part so i end up doing this investment i ended up investing about a million dollars roughly into the company i was the seed round investor we are being acquired that deal's closing in a week by a publicly traded canadian company we have 1 billion organic views per month, organic. We have 37 million followers between our TikTok and our Instagram channels. And this company is getting bought for a boatload of money. That's awesome. So that's where I'm going with this, right? Like that now, now think about that. Had I not put content out, how would I have ever been connected to Damon John? Not, the Sharp not. And Raz and this, how would you start to amass more clientele, right? Like you're, you're building your content up. But the nice thing about it, Ed, is like you have you have a page now. So you got a TikTok page, you got an Instagram page. Someone sees a reel that Dr. Ed does, they go, holy shit, that looks really cool. Now they're on your page consuming your content. Phone call, hi, I'd like to set up an appointment with uh, with Ed. I saw this. You know, this is up my alley. I'm looking to get this procedure done. That's how it goes. You just got to make a lot of content. So, know you know, I know you, I know you consume and, and are a big fan of Gary Vee as I am. And I know you've oh, met, yeah. him, met, him, met him. I mean, I read his book in 2008 and then he wrote the second one, crushed it, you know, in 2015 or 16. Um, the guy's brilliant, right? And, you know, one of the things he, he, he always says is that uh, you just got to keep, you know, keep putting content out there. There's only so much real estate. There's only so much real estate, meaning people's attention. And, uh, you know, trying to get in front of them. And then he also talked about not putting all your eggs in one basket. So let me ask you something. You're a, a young plastic surgeon in Nashville. Um, and just again, I'm going to I'm going to pick your brain here. But sure. a young plastic surgeon in Nashville, Tennessee, and you want to, you know, build a destination practice, um, which is what we're, we're 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 working on here. You know, how would you go about that? When you say a destination practice, do you mean that that's you're you're trying to build a practice where people are going to travel from yeah. all over parts of the world? Yeah, I mean, but the, because yeah. the reality yeah, is, it. here's the advantage of that. You know, people who come, you know, to you, 
from Manhattan, people that come to you across country, they're willing, they're going to, there's a, there's a, a spend, a spend premium. They're going to spend course, more with you. Of course. Okay. So that's I'll the tell, first I'll, thing. I'll, yeah. I'm and I'm going to quarterback it for you yeah. right now. I'll tell you exactly okay. how to do it. So, I would build extremely nice website to start. I would build a funnel, right? A funnel is basically when I run an ad, I'm going to have somebody land on a landing page. Landing page is designed to do one thing. I need your information. I'd like to get your email. I'd like to get your contact information because from there, I can start to serve you with things that you have interest in, right? So for example, if you're interested in rhinoplasty, right? Like, I then know that. And on top of that, I can create compelling advertisements. And then I can systematically go in to channels like TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and I can start to target advertisements towards people that have similar interests. There's a pixel on Facebook and Instagram, as you probably know, that pixel will get smarter as time goes. Mm -hmm. And it will start to target individuals that fit the demographic of the product that you sell in your case. That happens to be plastic surgery, right? And so, you know, there's a lot of ways you can create. You have to work on what is my marketing message? What are five of the basic procedures that I want to relay across that we are an expert at? And then from there, you have to actually target the states and demographics that you're going for. So if you're in Northeast practice and you want to get people from a six-hour six radius, right? Mm -hmm. Well, to me... That's Maine, Massachusetts, Connecticut. You see where I'm going with this, right? Rhode Island, like you, and where you could, or you can also target more affluent people on there. So I want to target people with a salary of $150,000 and above, right? There's yeah. a lot of ways to do this. The biggest thing that I would say, if you want to go really fast, because you know me, I like to go fast. I yeah. don't want to, you know, I go right when I have a question, like you know me by now. If I have a question on a topic that I'm not an expert in, I find the best expert and I go directly to them. I create value for them. So there's a good exchange there. But what I would do, it's a media buyer, Ed. That's, that's what it's called in the industry. A media buyer is somebody who is an expert online and they know how to properly buy ads. That is critical. And that's an expensive hire, but you'll 10x your business. I mean, it's, it's literally everything at this day and age. If you don't know how to target properly, you're just going to waste ad dollars. That's fascinating. Yeah, that's uh, that's fascinating because that's basically, you know, and, and here's the thing for us. I mean, in New York City, people are paying three times for what, you know, what are, this is the other advantage to a destination. You also diversify much more, right? I mean, it makes sense. Of course. Yeah. You're getting people coming yeah, in from a distance. It's also perception. People, you know, people from inside the inside the area are like, oh my God, they get people coming from all. I had a patient come into me last week for rhinoplasty. He was sent from a, a plastic surgeon up in Saratoga. And the patient came in. He said, Dr. So and so says you get people coming in from all over the place. So the perception thing also builds your business. People also like to buy, quote unquote, let's call it buy from companies and content that they like. Do you know what I mean when I say that? So if you are the brand. If, if Dr. Ed is the face of the company and the brand, when you create compelling, funny, humorous, serious content that people enjoy consuming, you have a much stronger chance of getting a lead, a phone call, a conversion. You know, that's, that's a word of mouth referral. So somebody comes in and they're happy with, you know, a breast enhancement surgery that they have, they're going to refer their friends. They're going to say, this was like, this was, such a good customer experience 
that I'm going to tell all of my friends about it. And then, you know how that goes. I mean, you probably have so many referral stories that, you know, I wouldn't want to bore you with that. No, but I, listen, you know, we can always get, we can always get better at it. One of the things that, you know, again, it took me a long time because I'm, you know, I'm such a tech, I say I'm a technician. I'm a a technician. I I think I'm a really good technician, but you, you know, this is, this is part of my brain that's not developed. And it, it, it's it's taken us a while to figure this out. Um, so I it's find only, it's only it's only it's five years old if you really think about it, right? I mean, which, think about it. The smartphone smartphone's a decade old if you really want to boil this thing down. It's a, maybe twelve years old. Yeah, there's think a picture about online advertising. <laughs> how, how old is it? Ed? Like it, real ads? Yeah. Well, I remember you know b- uh, back when Gary Vee was talking about you know Facebook ads and this way, and he he said this. He said right now. You know, the ads are, are cheap because the big companies, they have these marketing firms that are provincial and they're doing things the old ways. At some point, the industry is going to catch on and Facebook oh, ads 100%. are going to go up. The cost yeah. of Facebook like, look, look, at, look at TikTok right now. It's crushing Facebook. Crushing. Yeah. Why? It's crushing TikTok? Facebook and people spend more time on TikTok than on Google. That was out of the Wall Street Here, Journal last weekend. Here's what TikTok did that was smart, though. You ready for this? Follow yeah. me on this. Yeah. TikTok. I can take a TikTok from there. I can copy the link and share it to you. You don't need to log into anything. You can watch it. That's fucking brilliant. And I'll tell you why. Excuse my language. I'll yeah. tell you why that's brilliant, though. It's brilliant because I am not forcing you to sign up for my platform. I'm giving you a taste of what this is. Come in. Look at this content. If you decide you want to see more of it, create a TikTok account. I think that's brilliant. I think it's brilliant. Facebook, oftentimes, you can't view something. It makes you sign in. They want all your information. TikTok was like, let's get the audience first and then we will monetize later. TikTok is actually very, it's the ads are starting to come in play now big time, but TikTok is still very organic. Meaning if you create really good content right now, you can reach a lot of people. And so, you know, it's, it's a good platform still. I mean, I would, I would really, Beat that one to death right now if you can. You know, create a lot of content for TikTok. Well, that's a, that's the, their words of wisdom. It's a real pearl. You know, we in plastic surgery people are still put, putting a lot of time in Instagram. Um, you know, and the, and the thing is, you mentioned about you know TikTok is people want to get to know you. They want to get to see. They don't just. That's why videos, as you know, and TikTok just crush still photography, right? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing like video. Video. So. Instagram, you, you know, someone's trying to build, I can tell you what I'm watching. I'm watching a lot of my buddies who, and I, and I know, you know, they, they got 2000 friends or whatever, 1500 friends on Facebook and they've got, yeah. you know, half a million or not half a million. They got 80,000 uh, followers on Insta, Instagram. And we go in and look at their, you know, what they're doing and they're, you know, over the last two and a half years, they've been buying followers. Right. And you see oh, based yeah, on, yeah, so so the you see you you see based on their content, they're getting you know they're getting you know sixty five or seventy you know, likes, and then you know then all of a sudden the next day it's a thousand you know so you know they're you know they're buy, buying the likes, you know everybody in my industry is doing that, um, and it's pretty typical if you want the honest of, uh, if you want like the celebrities do it just so you know like yeah. I know I know major celebrities that still buy followers. The, the 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 serious but sad sometimes reality of online is engagement is everything, right? So a lot of people will look at it and say, well, that post has 
32,000 views, the likelihood of somebody that is scrolling to take a look at that based on that statement I just made is higher than if it has six views. Think about yeah. what I just said. No, I, makes I, sense. I get it. I mean, I got, I got colleagues of mine who've been in practice just a couple of years and you know, you can see where they've done it. They built it up and they're getting patients from all over the place. And it's perception. It's clearly perception because their content sucks. You know, this is just stuff that I've just started be paying attention sure. to because sure. I've never paid attention to this before. And I'm like, how the heck are they doing that? And then, you know, you, you have someone smarter on your team that's able to look into it. And the reality is they're, they're just they're strategically buying followers. Well, here's the other side to that, too. Don't forget that Instagram is owned by Facebook. So I can tell you this myself. I used to get roughly forty to 50,000 views per story. So I would create a story and we get a, a lot of views. What Instagram has done is they've throttled all this. Why? They want you to pay and sponsor your boost, right? They want you to boost your ads. So for example, if you create a story, I don't know if you know this or not, your whole, your whole audience does not see this, not even remotely close. It's, I think, 7%. Think about what I just said. 7%, unless your followers have starred you and they're constantly consuming and following your content, you're looking at like 7 to 10% of your follower base on Facebook and Instagram are going to see a regular organic post, which is why I'm saying to you, go as hard as you can on TikTok right now because it is much more, the algorithm is much more organic friendly because they're not making you pay for everything yet. Yeah, you heard the yet there. The yeah. yet is there. They will monetize that platform like you know no one can imagine. It'll be probably bigger than some of the ones that we know now. But that's where Facebook is. Facebook is just an ad machine, as you know. I mean, they don't. Right. You know, Facebook and Instagram are free, right? We don't pay for them. We do though. Yeah. We do. <laughs> we do pay for them with all of the stuff that we buy and consume, and you know, if you really want to break it down that way. But the reach on Instagram is not what it was before. So it makes it difficult for people that are actually trying to use that. They end up having to spend more money to boost and get their content out there. It becomes cumbersome. So if you're a young, you know, again, young plastic surgeon in Nashville, Tennessee, and um, you know, Instagram and you know, do a TikTok. lot of TikTok, TikTok, Facebook, all, all of it, Ed, Snapchat. You need to be you need to be producing Gary. So I've met Gary a couple times now. Yeah. An idol of mine when I was younger. I consumed his content nonstop. He's a large reason of where I am today. As crazy as that sounds, right? I had never met him before. I was just, he was kind of like this mentor through a device. And then I got to meet him a couple times, have like in-depth conversation. It was pretty cool. And so where I'm going with this is that he's not wrong with what he says. Like, think about what you need. LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. You need to be where people are. That's the reality. So... What does that look like? Well, if you have the money to invest, you should have a full-time videographer on staff. Yep. You should have a head of marketing on staff. You've told you me that. Me- yep, you should have a media buyer on staff, and you should produce one to two pieces of content per day that, hear me out, can be cut up, diced up, and circulated on every platform that I've just mentioned there. Now, remember, each platform has a, you know, LinkedIn is a little bit more serious. Snapchat, TikTok, those can be fun, right? Instagram can be fun. Facebook can be, you you have to position your brand voice differently at each of these platforms, right? When I say differently, I just mean each platform has a different strategy. Yeah, just a different personality kind of, if you will. Right, right. Right. Now think about what I just said there. I'm saying to you, 
you're a plastic surgeon. I want you to produce one to two pieces of content a day. What does that mean? That means you have to literally, like a head of marketing, their job, they're going to create an advertising plan. Like they're going to create an advertising strategy. So like monthly, you know, like, all right, it's Monday. Ed is shooting content on this. Tuesday, Ed shooting content on this. Wednesday, Ed shooting content. It's a job. Like you actually got to come in and know, okay, I'm shooting content for 45 minutes today. Then I'm going into surgery. Think about that, right? There's a lot to it. So, or you make somebody else the face of the company that does it full time. There's so many ways to dice it. Just you need a plan, though. You need a good strategy. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, in, in most in most of us, you know, I'm fortunate now that I have an economy of scale. At least with you know, we got a number of physicians here, or whatever, and we can you know we can allocate the resources to it. But most most people are one or two person show. It you know at best. It's it's hard to do this, and that's why people are home, trying to home grow it themselves, and that's why. So, you know, but I realize it's a process. Yeah. You know this. I mean, for me, it was, it was hard to make a million dollars. After I made a million dollars, it was hard to make 10 million. After you make it, like, so it's the same thing in business, right? Right. It's it's difficult to do something until you figure out how to do that. Then you can start to scale it. But I, I think that in this day and age, if you want my honest opinion, if somebody does not know the internet and advertising well, they need to be resourceful and find folks that do bring them on young, hire them, give them a path to growth. All of these things are critical. Yeah, no, I hear you loud and clear. And that's what we're doing. It took us a long time to figure it out, but it's also a process because it's a learning process. It but it's interesting you said that too, because I will tell you that, you know, and just, this is, yeah, I got you by a few years, but success does beget success, which does beget 100%. success. And that yeah. snowball going down the, going down the hill, that first turn or so, it doesn't get much bigger. Right? I, I, I think that the, the joy of business is when I was able to sit in rooms with all of you guys that have established companies, it was amazing to hear the stories. Like you've been through it. You've been through the good times, the hard times. You've grown in times. That is experience that in some respects I didn't have at certain days. So – I always want to be the poorest and dumbest guy in the room, as crazy as that sounds. I know. I think that's that, which tells me it, you're you're a lot smarter than anyone else <laughs> gives you credit for. Because once you realize that you need to be the dumbest person in the room, that's yeah. And a lot of people, you know, a lot of people, unfortunately, their ego gets in the way, right? Yes, big time. And and I think that all of us have probably, you know, been in that position where we think we know something, and and to be fair, we might. You know, I think I know a lot of things, but there are areas where I sometimes have to take a step back and go, you know what? Fundamentally, I may know that, but I don't know the full inner workings of it to do it perfectly. Let me work with somebody that can, right? I think that that's where the ego and the pride have to be set aside, right? Like, you know, you see it all the time. A founder wants to be the CEO of their company. Their company has great success. All of a sudden, they've grown and they raise a $30 million round and the you know, the investors want to bring a real CEO in, quote unquote. And, happens all the time. You know, the, the, it happens all the time. And the founders will literally tank their company because they think they're a good CEO. So it's very interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. So I have a, a, a good family friend. Uh, they have a, a company. And this guy's, uh, well, he's about 40, about your age. And um, he's grown this company incredibly. And he got approached by someone to acquire him. And from out of the area, they called and said, hey, we're coming, you know, we're going to whatever, they're going to compete with you, we're going to, you know, we're going to talk. And he, so he wanted my guidance. And, and I talked to him about it. I said, you, I said, now you have to understand something. Um, 
when they take your company and you know they buy your company, you're walking away with you know with a lot of chain. I said, but it's not your company anymore. You understand that. I mean, you're probably That's not right. going to stand. He goes, Ed, I I don't think I can do that. And I said, no, listen, I said, other than my wife and kids, at some point, it's all got to be for sale. You have to understand when they bring, you know, when they take over your company, you're probably, I don't care what they're telling you, but you're probably not going to be around in a year or so because they don't want you. And he couldn't get his head around this. It blew my mind. But you're, I mean, there's so many companies where they do the CEO stays on and you, like you said, they'll, they'll, they'll bankrupt the company before they'll walk away. But you know, if there's enough zeros, who cares? Right. (laughs) Totally. I mean, I think that at the end of the day, people exit for a number of reasons, right? A, they want to do something else. B, they're ready to retire. C, it's strategic, right? Sometimes exits can be very strategic. I have an exit that's happening right now. It's extremely strategic. We're doing extremely well on the exit monetarily. That's great. But there is more meat on the bone of yeah. beyond You're more, more juice to squeeze it <laughs> exactly <laughs> more juice to squeeze that was what i was looking for yeah yeah i got <laughs> so, it you know yeah well look i don't want to take much more of your time people love to you know listen to these in their car um totally. and i really yeah, uh i really appreciate you taking the time um what's hey what's your instagram so people can follow you it's my name derek to me up that's my handle would you D-E-R-E-K? spell it yeah yeah d-e-r-e-k d-e-m-e-o uh, Derek's had a had a fascinating go, and I got to tell you, as a, as a human being, he's a wonderful dad and husband. Thank you. And uh, to me, you know, I've always said this before. You heard me say it. You know, no success at work justifies failure at home. But you uh, you exemplify, uh, you know, and and you get the relationship thing, which a lot of people don't. Right? How important you, it is. You 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 you've been a huge proponent for that for me. I've watched how you balance, you know, everything in life as well. So. Everybody's helped me along that journey. Yeah. Well, look, I'm, I'm going to keep, I'm going to just sign off to hear the podcast and I just want to chat with you for a few minutes, but thank you so much for coming on and sharing your, uh, your words of wisdom. And hopefully there's a few nuggets and pearls in there that uh, the young plastic surgeon can take away from this. Thanks, Derek. Thank you. All right. Thank you for having me on.